Oh, good morning. Hi, hi, hi. I'm Chef Goldblum. And right now, I'll bet you're probably just getting comfortable in your own schlang super seat. But maybe you're asking yourself, what the heck is this schlang super seat exactly? listening to the blood and black rum podcast stay tuned for the blood and black rum podcast halloween special we hope you enjoy hey guys welcome back to the blood and black rum podcast i'm ryan from coltsploitation.com and i'm joined by my co-host martin how's it going uh we're here for a special halloween episode um we're doing it on halloween and uh, we we just saw the film that we're covering uh, last night, so it's fresh in our minds, and uh, it's I'm I'm happy to be here on Halloween. It's a fun time. Um, normally, what I do on Halloween is I just sit around and watch horror movies all day, and then at night do some trick or treating uh, scares at my parents' house. But today's a little bit different because we got the the podcast to do. We wanted to bring all of our our fans, our listeners, uh, our rum casters as uh martin was calling them previously um a, a special halloween episode on halloween so you could listen to it and and enjoy the festivities at night while listening to the blood and black rum podcast so hopefully you like this uh special halloween episode and we're going to try to do it next year and all the years that we're podcasting so you will like it you will like it yeah. that's right that's right um probably should preface this the intro uh with a warning that we are doing jigsaw today uh, just released on Friday, so if you haven't seen it, I recommend that you do not listen to this episode before you go out and see Jigsaw, because it is inevitably going to have spoilers. We're going to touch on pretty much every aspect of the film, from the traps to um, this twist endings, which Saw films always have. So just keep that in mind if you're listening, because we're going to get into all of that. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, so... Um, you know, make sure that you go out and see it before you listen to this episode. Um, and if that means seeing it on Halloween and then listening to our episode Halloween night at 11 o'clock, the witching hour, um, then do so. But yeah, I, I was going to say, um, does anyone like if it's not like a uh, written like review these days, like if it, they're all like full, full spoilers. Right. It's hard. It's, like, it's, it's, it's I, almost, I mean, I know. Excuse me, my voice is kind of a little shot after going to the Bills game on Sunday, so bear with me, people, if I sound a little uh, gr- gravelly yeah. more than usual. But um, but yeah, no, it kind of seems like, especially nowadays, if it's a podcast or a video review, you, you almost don't even have to say, like, spoilers ahead, because it's like, yeah. they're, they're gonna, yeah, you're going to be talking about it. Unless it's like a written review, like in like a newspaper or a magazine, they, they just throw out, you know... Words that only you know English majors you know know to. I mean, it's hard, especially with with Jigsaw and the Saw films, because there's inevitably going to be that discussion about the twist ending, the conclusion, and and the traps themselves, and the traps, and you can't really get away with like not talking about it. It's be super hard. You can't just be like trap one. It was gory, right? Trap two wasn't gory. You know, it was more of a psychological thing, and then it's it's really hard. You like you you almost can't get away with with not talking about them because that's probably going to be a big part of the discussion. Is like what the traps were like, and the twist itself is going to be a huge like 
this topic that we discussed throughout this uh, episode. So just keep that in mind. Spoilers uh, are going to be peppered and sprinkled throughout this episode. So, um, you know, if you haven't seen it, make sure that you do so before you listen to the show. Other than that, we're going to get or right into it. Or if you got to say, or if you don't care about uh, it being spoiled for you. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, I think we wanted to start off this episode first by mentioning some things that we did not get to mention in the previous episode on Rob Zombie's Halloween because we after we c- concluded that episode um the next day we were thinking about it and we we're like hold on a second there were a lot of things that we didn't get to mention on the show because we just took so much time on other areas um that we wanted to do like a a part 2 to that episode so um this is going to be an extension of episode 90 for for a little bit about Rob Zombie's Halloween um, because we didn't get to talk about everything. And most of this is going to be gripes, I think, um, things that we actually didn't like about the film. But um, let's get right into it because we are going to um, – we're going to take out the segment on beer talk because it's uh, pretty early still today and we haven't really gotten into beer at all. Um, so that probably is not going to be part of the episode, but um, we might make a mention or two of some beers. But uh, we, we wanted to preface – this episode with the uh halloween talk so um, which is topical it is talk pop we, we actually get away, we can get actually get away with this because like yeah. yeah it's an extension who wants to kind of have leftover talk from last week but hey it's halloween and we're talking about rob zombie's halloween yeah um so why don't you start because you had the you were one of the you were you wanted to do this you wanted to do a little bit of an extension yeah because i think one of the p- things that we both uh have a problem with with that film and we totally forgot to bring it up. The cinematography, yeah, it's absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's Con- um... it's constantly zoomed in, terribly blocked. Sh- like literally, like Rob Zombie just like had like a four year old with like overweight camera and like just like shaking it around because you know they can't hold the damn thing up. And... Yeah, it's really weird how they decided to just do a lot of shaky cam stuff, even though the film is very clearly not a found footage film. So there's no reason why the the camera needs to be a handheld sort of shot, you know, where it's it's like somebody ha- is having a spasm, like a muscle spasm it's for a, no reason, yeah. because it happens like right at the beginning of the film is very noticeable. There's just a bunch of shaky cam shots of people just saying dialogue. It's like for no reason other than to make the scene a li- seem a little bit more active than and, it is. And, and intense. it's it, it's not. I mean, it's it's people having dialogue in a kitchen. Okay, well, I, she's making toast. Yeah, but now like <laughs> that too, they got uh, you know, like a lot of like the fights that Michael like gets into, they do that, and it's like, well, you can't really tell what's going on because you're so, you know, focused in on it. Where I think what they're trying to go for with that is is uh, you know, like oh, it's gonna be feel more intense to you because you're, it's like you're right there, but it's like no, I'd like to see you know Michael slamming that guy, you know. At a good distance, so I can see you know what's going on. Like one of the best kills in the movie is that you know far away shot when he like lifts the guy up or girl I can't remember and like you know stabs you know and stakes yeah, the him guy, on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. stakes him on the wall. You get to see it. You can feel it too from that you know far away distance. Yes, yeah, it works. It just seems like there's so many areas of cinematography in that film where unnecessary uh, shaky cam stuff creeps in. And, you know, after a while, you do start to get used to it. But I immediately, like, when when you start watching it, you'll notice, like, why is this shaky? Is Did somebody film this with a hand, handheld? 
And now I'm watching the product of a film. You know, it's like almost like meta at that level because it seems like somebody shot a film, then somebody shot a film of the film <laughs> with a bad camera. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up too is that after we posted the episode, uh, in that episode, we had talked a little bit about um, how Turner Classic Movies used to have Rob Zombie featured. And he used to do a lot of um, film selections for, for that uh, channel. And I think this was probably like five or six years ago where they had him on. And I, I watched it a little bit. You kind of get a glimpse into what really inspired Rob Zombie as a director and a, a horror fan. And uh, we did have a comment from Chester Arthur Baskerville on Facebook. Um, and he says that TCM is still doing some of those underground films. Um, it's going to be late into Saturday night and early Sunday morning at around 2.15 a.m. Um and so I guess they are still doing some of those underground films. I'm not sure. He didn't really say whether they are um, like some of what Rob Zombie would have selected or if they're more – if they're older, fair, you know, like early 30s, 40 films, maybe 50s monster films. I but, remember them like used to uh, run like Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Like two in the morning. <clears throat> yeah. And so apparently though that that is still going on um, and they also like mo- recently I guess they had the brood on. So that's kind of cool. Like uh, that that would show that they're doing some newer, you know, not newer, but newer for TCM films um, as well. So uh, thanks to Chester for pointing that out to us because um, I haven't watched TCM that much lately i don't have cable so i don't i don't get to see what's on there but it's nice, it's nice to know that they are still doing that stuff occasionally if if not um you know consistently every week so that's kind of cool um but thanks for listeners for writing in and letting us know when we're wrong or when we uh didn't get something right or exactly right so it's nice to see um what, what was the other thing oh we wanted to bring up in halloween too before we get into our other stuff because i don't want to spend too much time on halloween since we did it almost you know an hour and 40 minutes last time um there is a great scene with danielle harris danielle harris of halloween four and five um the little girl in halloween four and five now all grown up and naked in uh, rob zombie's halloween because that's what you want from rob zombie a lecherous old guy being like let's get that girl back from halloween four and let's have her take her clothes off well, be great. Well, that's why I said this um, when we did the first time. It's like you know Robert Rodriguez, like ah, looks at Vega. I've watched you growing up from a little girl, and yep. Wow, look at your titties now. Yeah, now so, look at you now. So uh, let's get them off. Well, let's yeah. get the top off. <laughs> um, so there's that kind, kind of topical for the yeah, what's going absolutely. on. Absolutely, you know, and uh, that in, in that scene with uh, the sex scene, there's some a great piece of dialogue in there. It's better sprinkled it's, in. There. It's better than Friday the Thirteenth. Wow. What juicy titties! Yeah, it's better than that. You like that more, huh? Yeah, because it's it's it's, uh, it's kind of out of nowhere. It's just kind of like the scene is occurring, and then all of a sudden, you know, really sexy talk. It's something a fourteen year old would say, exactly. Which is which is what they're not. So, but it's but it's fucking hilarious because because the the what the character says is when they start having sex, like oh, so warm, like he's talking about a pie, like an apple pie. You know, I would say that too if I was getting apple pie a la mode. Oh, the juxtaposition between the coolness and and the warm. No, but it's funny because, you know, like again, they're like 18 years old. The vibe you get from like, you know, those two, two is not, it's not the first time they've had sex. Right. They've been, it's. They fuck a lot. Yeah, they do a lot. You know, the the vibe you get. And now, now they get to do it in a scary house is the, you know. So like I you know I so why why is he saying that? It's so warm. 
Is it because he's is it because he's on like a cold couch and like it like you know and it's know, not I, it's not heated and he's like wow you know you're right have I it. I get the feeling it's so weird because I get the feeling like it was written by somebody who's never really had sex before but I mean that seems like it's not implausible maybe they did mean it as like it was a uh, inexperienced youth saying it but I I don't know it's I. I would not in that situation. I would think that the woman would immediately be turned off, <laughs> like quickly. Like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, it's internal body temperature. I guess you're inside my body, so it's going to be warm. Ninety-eight point six degrees. Just uh, yeah. Well, at that point, have Russell Brand pop up and go inside of you. Yeah, right. That that makes. <laughs> sex a lot less sexy because then you're bringing like the literal biological aspects into it well, like, no i mean no, no but i guess that. like i said it's just i mean like if it was like say it was like if it, the guy was like an actual like you know like 14 or 15 like and it's you know his first time then yeah like he probably like somebody probably you know would be like who's like nervous about the experience but like, oh wow you know like wow you know i yeah. i can see that but again he's like 18 and, and like, again it's not apparently it's not his first time right you know, fucking Danielle Harris, but not the first rodeo. But you know, it is the time he's finally like he finally noticed. Like, wow. Well, how do you feel like if she would said it's so hard? Is that different? I think so. Because well. perhaps the last time he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, like, no, I would put. I, no, that's, I would, that's no, not as bad. no, it's not because that'd be like that's the equivalent of like, oh, your dick's so big, right? Even if it's not like you know, it's male ego. Stroking. It's literally just you know, yeah, it's literally like any man just like, huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just it, just yeah. instant. Like even if you're not that guy, you hear that like you're instant. Like, huh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It is, so, it is. so there's a <laughs> tip for screenwriters. It's okay for like an it's so hard, but try to refrain <laughs> from like weird male dialogue. <laughs> Doesn't. Seems pretty cheesy, I guess. I don't know. Uh, was there anything else that we wanted to bring up from that Halloween that we didn't get to talk about? On the, I think those were the like the two main things that were like, why didn't we say anything about those? Um, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll end it with that. So um, we should really just cut and paste this onto the other episode. Like, Here's an addendum. <laughs> yeah, that'd be tacky. Yeah, I know. Literally tacky. Yeah. Yeah. See, I thank you. It's a nice, thank nice you. pun. Thank you for catching the pun. Yeah. All right, um, since we don't have any beer talk per se, um, I just want to put out that I did have a Halloween party over the weekend, and I did get a, a uh, sixth keg of Adirondack Oktoberfest, which we've had on the show, and it was delightful. And Martin and I were pretty much the only two drinking it, so we had a sixth of a keg to ourselves. I uh, did some damage to it for it's like, sure. But... It's like your wedding with the Saranac keg. Yeah, I know. It's, Coors it's Light almost, keg and a Saranac pale ale keg. sad. I feel bad for Adirondack supplying all that beer and then, like only two people drank it. <laughs> now, we had a couple more. What do you mean? That, they but... don't care. They got paid. No, I know. Like, that's, like... that's true. That's true. But um, very cool. I, I like. I love getting kegs just because it makes it Their so... Their keg was fancy, too. Yeah, it, it, it is. Like it's black. a black keg. It's not like a metal keg. It's cool. So I like it. Uh, it, it looked like it had like a matte paint job. On the, it, you know? the keg obliterated my cup holder in my car, <laughs> <laughs> fell over on it, and just <laughs> there it goes, plastic broken. Um, but I love getting a keg because we just kept going back back to it. Just at that point, you lose track with a with like a <laughs> bottles of beer at like sixteen dollars a twelve pack. You kind of are thinking when you're drinking beer, like, well, that's eleven beers left. You know, that's ten beers left. 
uh, with a keg, you're just like, fill me up. I don't know. I don't know what cup I'm on. What does it matter, man? So <laughs> I only got a half right now. I've got to fill it back up. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, oh, it's kind of core. Go back so. and get, you know. I mean, I just I, took a sip and top it off. I still have some. We used a party pump, so uh, just pushes air in and it causes the keg to really go flat like quickly rather than if you're using co2 to push the beer out so um you really don't get much time to finish off that keg if you once you tap it yeah. usually, um, well usually people who buy kegs you know they're gonna not, drink it all it's not two people so. right i know <laughs> i know um but i do have some left over and it's starting to go stale um like i said you better drink it cause... i know i'm trying to it's now the equivalent of what i would i would say um an old ale tastes like, to be honest with you, um, like what we had on the show previously from Browns. Uh, in that, I don't know if it's like the the way the malts age, or you know, if it's just that the it's lost. Yeah, it's lost some of its carbonation. But whatever the case, it does kind of taste like an old ale, and that's not really my biggest cup of tea. So, I mean, I had it yesterday, and it was it was okay, but it's nowhere near the delightfulness that it was when we first tapped that keg. So, but that was fun. It's fun to get a keg. Probably do it again next year because it's actually a pretty good deal. Um, and then I will do it for drinking with the Christ. I know I would like to because they do have the Big Moose Winter on there. No, we're no, no, no. I know it'd be too much. No, nobody would drink it except me. And you would have to get like like a thing of just do Miller Lite or something. I know we'd have to like get a CO two pump just for it so it wouldn't go bad as fast. Like yeah, you may not like a fridge. I I got a keg of you know. Miller Lite, but people will fucking drink it. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It's a good. It's a pretty good deal too. It's not bad at all for like a sixth of a keg. I think even Miller Lite's way cheaper for like a half keg. It's like cheap. So that's but the way to go. You should, you, oh, don't forget to bring up the the whole situation with getting that keg. What about it? Oh, it's Halloween party. You want an Oktoberfest? Oh, yeah, that's right. So we... Uh, wow, I wanted, you already blacked it out. I forgot. Good I didn't know what you were talking about. Good for you. Um, when I ordered the keg, I wanted to get Saranac's Oktoberfest because they did have that. They, they could get Saranac from the distributor. And uh, so I ordered it. And then I got a call on Wednesday before the party that said that they could not get Saranac's Oktoberfest anymore because they've stopped making it. They're now only distributing the winter ale. Um, so that was crazy because that Wednesday would have been like October 25th or something like that. Um, and so by October 25th, you were unable to get an Oktoberfest keg at that point. That's crazy to me. I, I, I find it hard to believe that like they've already even sold all their Oktoberfest kegs. They must have already sold them because they didn't make that many. And then they've replaced them with the winter ales, I guess. I don't know. It's crazy to me because that's so early. So the only one really that I was able to get as an Oktoberfest was the Adirondack Oktoberfest, which was fine with me because I do like it a lot and I wanted to support local breweries. So um, that was fine, but still, it was crazy that Saranex stopped making their Oktoberfest before the end of October. You couldn't even get an Oktoberfest for a Halloween party. So that was, that was crazy. I couldn't believe that. Didn't uh, next year, I guess. I don't know what you would do at that point. Like next year, if you wanted specifically Saranex Oktoberfest. Get it, just don't tap it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And just but in somehow the I'd have to keep it cold. I'd have to keep it at the the store for weeks until well, I was tur- ready. Turn your shed into like an ice box. I should. I do. I want to get a kegerator, even though that's like a ridiculous, you know, I would make fun of you for that. I know. It's when like $600. Well, when I see that, or like, like, like the, like, or like that, like growler thing, like keep your growlers like fresh and whatnot. And it's like, 
oh, I'm not going to pay $500 or whatever to have like, oh, you can take the beer from your growler and put it in here and then you can use it like, you know, you're at a bar. So, I mean, in just the drink, long run, just drink your goddamn growler. In the long run, it is cheaper to get the kegerator if you're going to be, you know, doing a lot of drinking. All you got to do is really buy the, the tap cleaning supplies and the CO2 cartridges all the time. But, you know, in the long, like how much do you really, like if I was to order a keg of Saranac or Oktoberfest, I obviously would not be buying any more beer for that time period because I'd be always consuming Saranac or Oktoberfest. So, like, do I want the same beer for, like, three months? I don't know about that. You know, I think you'd get pretty pissed off. You'd get sick of it after a yeah. while. So, but it is a good deal in the long run, you know, if you drink a lot of beer. I don't know. Maybe it's, if I was rich, I would do it. And I'd probably have like two kegerators. You might as well just have your own like bar. Exactly. Just you know, like, just or it, if I had a lot of friends, I guess, which I don't, so um, not really worth it. And it, I should say, I don't have a lot of friends that also drink a lot of beer, so they're, you know, goddamn, they're healthy living. Yeah. All right, so we're talking about Jigsaw, the 2017. I guess I don't know what I would call it. Is it a reboot? Is no. it a it's sequel? Sa- it's Saw Eight. You think so? I guess we can talk about that first because they decided to go with the uh, I, the, uh, the changed title, Jigsaw. They wanted to kind of differentiate it from the um, other films in the franchise. Why, why do you think that is? Why would they change the title and not just go with, like, Saw 8? Saw 8, you know, just doesn't sound as good. I mean, I think that I kind of – I get the – Especially after you named your last film the final chapter. That's true. They did do that. Uh, final chapter probably is not. You know, well, other franchises have come back from that. We well, had I know Friday, Friday the Thirteenth. Very. It's just like yeah, whatever. Mm. I don't know. Uh, let's just <laughs> we'll just forget about that. We called that one the final chapter. No, I mean, move on. Just because Saw Eight, just you know. Especially at this point, it's been 10 years, so... Yeah, it's been 10 years. I think they wanted to um, differentiate it that it's it's technically not in the same... um, Like, there's no working off of the aforementioned sequels. But it is. I mean, it is and it isn't, though. It's not a direct relation to them. But it's still related. It's a sequel. It's a a new storyline. Like, the original, like, the first Saw... Like, the first three movies, the Amanda trilogy, because it focuses on Amanda. Yeah. And then it's the Costas Mandalore, you know, for four, five, and six. Yeah, I mean... Trilogy. So it's, it's there's still all, you know, you don't say that four, five, and six aren't sequels because it's following now Costas Mandalore, at, you know, and working, you know, Jigsaw's plan out. You know, so it's, so it's the same thing here. It's, yeah, it's, it's just ten years later now. And someone's copying Jigsaw. And then they have flashbacks. They have Tobin Bell. If it wasn't related to the other films, you wouldn't have fucking Tobin Bell in this movie. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is related. But I do like that they, they differentiated, that they didn't give it Saw 8 as a title. Because it's it does feel different. It feels that it's not... Though they, they do have a lot of, like, I would say, like, homages to the originals, it seems like a different film in that... I think the beginning sums it up perfectly is that we have like a action packed car chase that seems very out of place for what in you would see daylight. in a soft film in daylight. Yeah, that's the first thing that you notice is that like, whoa, wait a second, no green hues, no uh, 
The, the sun's actually shining on yeah, us. Yeah, no dusty factory setting. It's a it's an outdoor scene. Um and I think that's that's part of the thing that makes it so feel like a different film or you know or that they've made some changes to the saw formula is because they do set things outside in daylight. They do have a different setting for the games. They it's have more actiony. It is. Yeah, it definitely feels more actiony. It feels like that somebody uh from the cinematography cinematography department has up, updated their game. Uh lighting has they figured out like, well, let's get out of the 2000s. And uh, no green hues, and uh, it's more of like a cop drama blue lighting, I would say. <laughs> um, in ter- which you know, is like, which is a two, uh, twenty tens thing, right, exactly. It would be something you would see in like a CSI, um, especially because a lot of this is set in like forensics laboratory uh, on the, in, or in the morgue. CSI jigsaw. It is. It, I mean, I would say that I would. I would say all that- it's missing is <laughs> the one morgue assistant. She could have been the fucking. Uh, one like forensic expert from NCIS, you know, like I'm goofy because I have an eccentric because I have pigtails and wearing, you know, kind of gothy yeah, things, or right? Whatever. Yeah, I would say like, yeah, that's um, that's Hannah Emily Anderson as uh, Eleanor, as the uh, lab assistant. Um, they, wa- I would say that for that they wanted like somebody kind of alt. They wanted somebody with tattoos, somebody that seemed like they would be very interested in Jigsaw's past and. Similar to Amanda, almost in that they, you know, and they they kind of go back to the archetypes of what you might see in Saw films. Um, you have like your Amanda, you have a, a guy that kind of looks like Costas Mandalore or um, uh, one of the other detectives that was working on the Jigsaw case back in uh, the like four, Saw five. four, five, six era. Um, there are throwbacks to some of the traps that are were in the other films. You even see them like designing some of those early traps. Um, surprisingly though, they don't do any flashbacks to those other films. And that may be like a rights issue. Like there, you know, no rights to say Saw 5. Like you you can't show a flashback to Saw 5. Why wouldn't they? Lionsgate owns all the Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like. I just think it makes, there's no point in doing that. And they didn't want like the green hue in there anymore. It would be a very, you know, very jarring. There would be no point in, uh, flashing back to the previous they have done it before, though, because they, they do it, even though there isn't really a point, they do show, like, the original, when that trap was used. So, like, when we go back to, like, the bear trap, you know, the bear trap that Amanda had on in the first film, um, they show, in this film, they show Jigsaw designing that, and it would have, I guess it would have made sense to just go back and show that once more, you know, because they, they would always do that in the other Saw films. Yeah, but, but it, may, it makes sense there. Well, it doesn't make sense here. Because, again, if you're going off the whole... You're saying, like, it's new, so that's why they're calling it Jigsaw. There'd be no reason to have, like, a direct flashback to the other films. Because then, especially now, it's been, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, 15 years since the first film. Then it'd be like, oh, wow, that looks kind of stupid, you know. Kinda. Right. Yeah, it looks... It, I would say that, um, I guess starting off with the positives for Jigsaw, is that this film definitely... F- feels like it's advanced like in a way that it should have it it doesn't feel like it's stuck in the 2000s like the rest of the soft films were i would say that even surprisingly like there's a a lack of um new metal that you would find quite a bit in the original films um that was a product of the time really uh well new metal who listens to like mm, lots of people still. well i know but i mean like why would it be it wouldn't it's not like popular like no, I would just like say... What, like, kind of like it had, like, you know, was in 
the 2000s. Not like that. You know, especially with the way, you know, uh, licensed music's being used in films today. It wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be that. Like, it would be like, people really like kind of like the 80s retro thing. So let's slap in, you know, some crowded house in this. Doesn't fit, but let's, you know, let's slap that in there. I mean, I just think that they would have gotten away with it because it would have been another homage to the original Saw films. And they do do it a little bit. There's a little bit of like new metal, like, you know, rock. Uh, soundtrack to some of the traps, but the, the, the trailer had Roy Orbison. Yeah, yeah, that's a and what and a, a what a like terrible miss. That's like again, that's like something that all these fucking new films do now. Is like, hey, let's take you know, take this like fifties or sixties classics, you know, rock song, and it doesn't really fit the tone. But yeah, it's a weird uh, trailer. I didn't see the trailer before I saw the film, and the trailer didn't do anything for me. <laughs> Once I saw it after the film. Say it's not really a good. I don't know. I I would I can see why people would be turned off by the trailer by seeing that. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it didn't do much to like make me want to see the film after I've seen the film. <laughs> um, one thing that's um interesting about this film too is that coming into it, you didn't really know where in the franchise this was gonna fit in. You know, we didn't know. Yeah, you did. Ten years later. <laughs> what in the trailer? Did they say that? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Yeah, they I was say, too they distracted say by Roy Orbison. Yeah, no, they say said in the trailer, like, oh, looks like we have a copycat killer. Jigsaw's been dead for ten years. Ah, so. I didn't catch that, but I would say that. And we, in the movie, they say it too. It's no, like, no, I'm, I'm. I said going into the movie oh, as though you haven't seen oh. it. Um, now but we're both being assholes because because I. I know a lot of people were wondering, like, and Tobin Bell's name was being thrown around. Obviously, it, it was not a secret that he was cast for this film. It didn't know how he was going to be incorporated. It, was Jigsaw really dead? Would they find some way to bring him back from the grave? And my biggest concern was that they would bring him back from the grave, and it would be completely stupid. Because there's no bringing him back from the grave after you've seen the originals. Unless he designed some ridiculous, like, animatronic, animatronic design or or some, like... Very authentically crafted Android. body. <laughs> um, other than that, there's really no way to sure. do that. Black magic. Just why not introduce just that? some supernatural? Yeah, by to like it? yeah, by like the eighth. You know, I mean, like the sixth. You know, Michael Myers film, and you know all you know druidic cults. And yeah, just like throw that. that shit in there. Yeah, you know? might as well. Yeah. Now I'm glad that they. <laughs> well, I'm. We're here to say that they did not do that. <laughs> that there's no. Um, there's no bringing Jigsaw back from the dead. Um, but they, they're going to, though. In the sense that no matter what, if they keep making films, we're going to always have Tobin like, flashbacks of Tobin Bell as Jigsaw. Yeah, I think that you can expect that if we get another sequel to Jigsaw. We're going to get like a sequel yeah. of him when he's like 15. Like, <laughs> you know, Tobin Bell's playing 15-year-old John Kramer. <laughs> Like in school, and like one day, you know, he saw a bully, and you know, he's like, "That'd be amazing." Of uh, Tobin Bell playing a fifteen-year-old, I would lo- love to see that, or like making him into like a twenty-year-old, and they give him like a nice, like long, dark-haired wig. Great, uh, that's I would pay to see that for sure. Um, but they do get him back into this, and um, I would say that it's probably. The best way that I could imagine them putting Jigsaw into a new film. Because they don't... It's not like they're bringing him back from the dead for sh- for real. 
Um, it's all done in flashback, and most of it too is like what you get from the from the first part of the film is just his voice. Like it's just the the actual like tape recordings of his voice. So at that point, you're not really expecting him to be in the film at all. You're kind of just seeing that it, this is could be a copycat killer, and he's using like recordings as a way to bring Jigsaw into this film, really. And I think that's a good way to do it. Um, I, I I think you had to know he was going to be in the film. You thought he was going to be in the film for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the that's like the at this point, that's the selling point of the franchise: traps and Tobin Bell. I so don't know if they if just it, if they just had him as a you know as just voice recordings, then yeah, I think people would be pissed off because who who's going to go see this film? I don't know. His presence to me doesn't really need to be there. Just the just the voice itself. I was fine with just re- like having recordings of of his voice, and that's still Tobin Bell in the film. I you know that would explain the creditings of him in the film, and I would be okay with that. Just just having voice recognition is is fine. I don't know that we actually need to have his presence because in in some of the films, like his presence isn't really even necessary. It's it's more of a like having him there just to have his him there. Well, okay, is Costas Mandalore gonna carry those films? No, I not not to say he was bad in those films but again like by that point are you seeing like saw getting amped up for saw five because like ooh, he he's the new you know he's the new jigsaw and he's the one doing it no it's like okay the traps and let's have more let's know more about john kramer i think that you know it it's fine to just have the voice and have somebody else doing like crazy traps that that's that to me is saw that and and that it's around Halloween when you see it. That that's the saw of nostalgia for me. Um, maybe for other people, it is having John Kramer in the film itself, having him be Jigsaw, and you actually get to see what he's doing and making traps and learning a little bit more about his life. Which in this case, we do learn a little bit more about John Kramer, but we really don't like get much more backstory on him in terms of like you know he's only, his cancer. And, well, he's only there just to. Bring the new mantle for the new jigsaw. Yeah, it's like a facilitation of the new guy who's going to be carrying on, or girl who's going to be carrying. <laughs> I shouldn't. It doesn't matter because I we did say spoilers. So the guy, the new guy who's going to be carrying on the and jigsaw. Here's a legacy. spoiler. It's not Carrie Elwes. Yeah. So, um, which that's something I want answered. So what the fuck happened to Carrie Elwes? He was the one carrying the mantle. What happened? Where did where did he go? He's gone. He's like, no, uh, give no, up. They don't even mention him at all. Yeah, I um, I like. That's a pretty no. That's a that's a pretty big plot point. Saw Seven's twist ending is surprise. It's been hit Doctor Gordon all along. It's been help you know working with Jigsaw after you know he cut his foot off and tried to crawl to say you know, and Jigsaw finds him. He's like, you know, you found the will, you know, and he, you're gonna pay, take up my mantle. And he's like, okay. I feel like the. They didn't like where that was going, so they just kind of cut it out. And yeah, were... but then just like have like have it be like mentioned, like you maybe know... he died of like necrosis of the leg or something. Yeah, like have, <laughs> like mentioned or you know. Like... Yeah, I don't know. I'm okay with like them kind of forgetting about the end of Saw. Like Saw Seven was really where things really went off the rails. I mean, it was kind of going that way anywhere where things got more complex and like really outlandishly complicated in terms of how people 
became Jigsaw's apprentices, but and like having constantly like flashback to like yeah. you know things like oh that's how like this happened you know like, I-, I think that like in in Jigsaw's case, you do not need to have like followed the past Saw films too much to really get the gist of what's going on. Like be- those other films were really predicated on the fact that like people remembered. Okay, in Saw 6, this happened. In Saw 5, this happened. And that's how we got here. They got way too complex. And I think that kind of well, yeah. getting rid of all of well, that. I was going to say, like, like, a perfect example is that, like, Saw 3. If you didn't see Saw 2 and Saw 1, when the twist happens at the end of Saw 3, you're going to be like, what the fuck's going on? Exactly. But if you see, like, oh, they're taking, you know, yeah. Saw 2 and Saw 3 are happening at the same time. You know? J- Jigsaw is a really great example of how you can do a sequel without needing to really branch off of those other films where somebody has to have like that Wikipedia knowledge of like what happened back then. Like, and if you, in, I would say like, especially with saw six and saw seven, once you got to that point, all right, it's been for some, most people, it's probably been a year since you saw the last film. And by that time you've forgotten a lot of like the nuances of what happens. So you're like, wait, who's that guy again? They both look very similar. I don't remember who they are. Um, Jigsaw gets rid of that. It's like, let's forget about that. It's 10 years later. Um, some of that doesn't matter. And it really goes ahead with its own storyline in that you just really need to know that there was a guy named Jigsaw who did these traps previously. And now moving forward, there's another guy who's doing the same thing. Um, and they're the people that uh, are investigating it are finding out like there's all these similarities to those previous murders and that the traps seem very similar and... Um, they're all, it's all just very similar to like what Jigsaw did in the past. So any new person coming in and seeing Jigsaw, it's like, well, you don't really need to have that previous knowledge. And that may be another reason why they got rid of the numbering and that Jigsaw here is kind of, it's, you don't need to have followed like four, five, six, seven to get the gist of what's going on. So I like that about it too. And I like the callbacks. I like all of the things that, um, it brings back to this film the dummy, the, the, you know, the, yeah, the, the, uh, the bike, all of those things are callbacks to it. That really makes sense because they kind of got rid of those a little bit through as saw went forward and you know, you didn't get much of, you didn't get to see the dummy as much. Um, so that's more of a, that's a jigsaw thing. Yeah, exactly. And I like that. I like how they bring that back and they make that more a part of the film itself. It, It adds a scarier element because sometimes like it's kind of creepy and sometimes saw isn't really the saw films weren't really creepy. They were just gory. They were just, you know, escalating shock value. So I do, I like that jigsaw brings all of that back. That's a, for, for longtime fans, that's a, that's a good thing. I I think they did a good job with that. And what do, what do you think? I mean, did you like the callbacks to those films or was it unnecessary? Did you just want to move forward? Yeah, I like the callbacks. Um, I mean, I'm not, the, I'm not, you know, as we when we did Saw uh, for last October, all the seven of them. I'm not the biggest fan of the franchise, you know. But now, like, it's been a year, and kind of like like thinking about it, I kind of for some of them grown like a little more nostalgic for. They're like, fun sometimes, you like know? So, like like the first couple ones. Like I probably say Saw one through four. You know, that's where like I can kind of look back, like even if I think you know like. They're not that you know, not good films. Like, eh, you know, I kind of appreciate them a little bit more now than after just the first viewing. 
So I appreciate the callbacks because, again, I think if the film's set 10 years in the past, you have to have, I mean, 10 years in the future, and it's a copycat, you have to have callbacks to the original, you know, first seven films to kind of, you know, get in the mindset and mood. And not only that, again, like, like I said earlier, I think this is a film is a film that works for people who are fans of Saw. I don't think this is a movie that's made to try to gain a new audience. It's I think that's what they're going for. It's why, you know, again, rebranding it Jigsaw and, you know, doing what they did with the story. But again, at the end of the day, I think if you're in, if you never got into Saw before and this is your first time watching it, this is not going to do, to do a damn thing for you. It'd be like when Halloween H2O came out, like, oh, we're trying to get new people into Halloween. I don't think, you know, after watching that film, people were like, wow, I really should, you know, watch those previous Halloween films. They're probably like, eh. You know, those doesn't really do anything. I mean, I and, think I, it, and I think that's the same thing with this film. I don't think if you've never seen a Saw film, you're going to really like or appreciate this and, or walk away from it and be like, wow, I really got to watch the other ones. You're just going to be like, okay. That was confusing. Yeah, I mean, I think it can work. Um... And I think they did the best job that they could with making it both a fan film and something that somebody could just pick up and watch. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, well, I think this is probably one of the better films in the Saw series that we've seen recent of late. You know, and of late is meaning like six and seven. You know, this is probably, um, I would say maybe it's as good a or better than four. And it doesn't really reach the levels of like the first film, which was very mu- probably the, the shining example of how you can do this. And really might've been better off just ending there. Um, With the first film? Yeah. And not having any sequels? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that that may have just like, I understand like where the film series went from there, but I think that the first first film is far it's different. It's it's a lot different than where it ended and, up going. Well, I, that has to do with you know the direction, you know, with you know James Wan and yeah, you, you know, and but and, I think and, that you know Lee Wynell and you know how they kind of handled the first film. Then like I know they wrote you know some of the other films, but I you know the direction from Saw One to Saw Two is you know I can't remember the guy who directed Saw Two, Three, and uh, four, but his direction is much different than you know James Wan's original direction. Saw one, and but at the same time, that's you're you're right. I think Saw like as the first film works as a standalone, kind of like Halloween works as a standalone. It does have like a because Halloween's you know the original Halloween has a you know cliffhanger of an ending because you know Michael Myers disappears. So, you know, it's obviously you could do, it's like leaving the door open for sequels. Mm-hmm. But I think it does work as a standalone film. And I think the same thing with, you know, the ending of Saw. It's, yeah. you know, game's over at the end and he shuts the door. But at the same time, like, okay, that closes, like, that's what that story is. But it easily could, right. you know, you you've got him. other areas to go to. Yeah. Um, but I, think- but I don't, but I don't, you know, I don't blame them for doing sequels because again, it's like when when there's money to be made, and not only that, like when you bring up the whole direction thing too, like yeah, it's Halloween two is we both love, it's totally got a different feel than the first one though. 
Mm-hmm. It's more of a traditional, you know, slasher film. Yep. Because it has to do, you know, the different direction. John Carpenter wasn't directing it. But do you think that um, Jigsaw? So, like, where would you put it in the in the series uh, in terms of like? I think it's one of the better ones. One of the better ones. Yeah, I, I, for me, because Saw, I, I can personally distinguish for me like Saw, the first one being my favorite Saw uh, Saw film, and then I'm kind of like it gets muddy for me. Like, f- I think. From what I remember, five, six, and seven were kind of like okay. Now you're getting a little off the rails. I think at first I didn't like Saw two, but if I kind of think back to it, I you know can appreciate what it was trying to do. And I can't remember which one I liked more, Saw three or four. I think I liked four, then I might like three. But it's been it's been a year since you know I've seen them, so I'm right. kind of like so. I I can't exactly remember like my initial, you know, reactions to them, but, like, if I kind of, like, just kind of replay them in my head and think about them, like, I I have, like, a distorted view, and I would say, from what I remember, I think I, like, you know, thought Saw 4 was pretty good Mm -hmm. compared to the rest, and then then probably Saw 2, and then Saw 3, and then... The 5, 6, 7. Yeah. Um, I think that... In in that progression, but I I would say I would probably put this probably third or fourth on my list. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's a much better, you know, I mean, talk about some of the good of the film. It's a much better made film just for the fact that, you know, the cinematography is what cinematography in a film should do. They've gotten rid of the the green hue. It's more of a a modernized version of, you know, like what you'd see now. And like a cop. which. Cop procedural. Yeah, something. which which that's kind of, you know, like, that kind of shit to me is getting old, like, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But, um, but I do, you know, I do think the production on this film is, you know, it's pretty good. And it looks, it looks good. And, like, you know, when they're in the barn, you know, for the entire set for, like, the game, it's well lit. You can see what's going on. It's not just, like, that green hue and dark and damp. You actually get to, you know, feel fully see what the hell's going on there. Yeah, I would say that I would say that this film is most reminiscent of Saw 2 and that you have a an ongoing game that you get to see but then at the same time you have a cop um investigation investigation going on that you're swapping back and forth from. And it's very similar to Saw 2 in what they did because again it's a multiple person game. Um it's all about working together rather than, you know, soul games. It requires people to work together. And then you have that, um, you have the cop investigation that's going on, except it's quite clear that it's these games and the investigation are not happening at the same time because right from the, right from the first moment of the film, like you see that it's when the body is placed, you know, so that the cops can find it and it looks like it's supposed to be the body from the games in the that we're seeing uh there's no way that it is because there's no way that the killer had time to transport the body to an area hang it from a bridge and you know do that all of that while the game is still going on it's just not possible so um it's it's like saw 2 in that there's a game and I guess it, it's kind of hidden as a secret that it's not happening at the same time from the audience, but it should be pretty clear to the audience. But well, I, well, I was say not only that, 
saw too was a game within a game because you had the, that you know man is game going on, and then the whole Donnie Wahlberg and Jigsaw you know having their you know chit chats and talks that was a game too because you know for Donnie to win all he had to do is just sit there and listen to Jigsaw. Yep, it's pretty clear that they use the the Saw two film as an example for this one. It's like I said, it's not really like the original Saw, because Saw itself was very different from where its sequels went. So they use Saw 2 as a a formula, as a, a guide or a blueprint. And then the Spearing brothers take this in a little bit of a different direction because it is more, I would say it's more situated around the cop investigation part of it, because that's where your big twist is going to come into play. Um, and... I think that it does a pretty good job of doing the games because I th- the games are not so much like Saw 5, 6, 7 gory where they just tried to up the ante with like whatever they could do for the games. You know, like how do we make the games more brutal, more, brutal, more gory, um, less fair uh, because those games tended to be less fair where it was pretty clear that there was nobody they they couldn't really win there there wasn't a winning but that but that's but that's different though but that's because of the plot point of right of but, like the, of like Amanda's traps they couldn't win mm-hmm. and then uh I would Ca- just, Casas Mandalore's traps you could win but you know they were much more like, like di- really difficult yeah. and brutal um, I would say like you can tell the traps in this are more the, of the John Kramer style traps because like the the very first trap, you know, you're getting pulled into buzz saws, and all he all he's asking for is an offering of blood. So you literally, literally, if you think about it like smartly, you don't have to like shove your whole hand into the you know buzz saw. You can be like, all right, I'll fuck, yeah, you I'll know, cut my finger, or... cut my pinky, you know. Yeah, I like those traps more, and I like that they go back to that because as you, as we get to see later on as the film progresses. These are actually jigsaw traps. These these are ones that he did, and not like his disciple. You know, it wasn't done by a man. One of what, one of his, you know, twelve disciples. He's exactly. Like, he's, he's the he's the uh, Jesus of horror movies. He's Jesus, and then by the time we get to like Saw thirty, and find out he had twelve different apostles, <laughs> right. you know, to carry on the legacy. So I again, I like that because I like that the traps are winnable. I like that there's, um, you have to follow the rules, and then when you follow the rules, you get. You you get the right answer where it really is not going to ca- cause you too much bodily harm. In certain situations, it, it does, but for the most part, unlike where Saw, you know, well, four, five, six, seven went, it's it, they're more winnable, and I like that. Well, not only that though, one go off like the whole like follow the rules thing, and if you like again, I will say one of the things I have appreciated about the franchise overall is. How jig the way Jigsaw says things, everything he says has a double meaning. Yeah, and if you're astute and he's paying, a master of double entendre. Yeah, and if you're paying attention to you know what he's saying, you can find the answer. Think, Problem is though, and if you're put in those situations, you're not going to be thinking, you know, right? You're not thinking clearly, and you're not going to, you know, probably catch on to what the hidden meanings in his words are. But I do like that because it, you know, it's does allow the film to be clever. I will say though, one of the things I don't like is the constant we got, the characters in this we have to follow the rules we have to it's jigsaw we we got to follow the rules and if we do the rules well you know it's like yeah, we get it 
Again, like, even if you're a new viewer, you don't have to have somebody ex exposit them. Like, the very first trap, the one girl's yelling at everybody, You just gotta offer blood! Just offer some blood and you'll be free! And follow his rules! And yeah. It's like, shut up! Yeah, shut I mean, up! <laughs> I think that, I like, well, it's because part of the issue with a soft film in general is that, in this case, we have... Not, well, say not only that, it's kind of, it's like, again, Saw's confusing timeline here, because it's... Right, yeah, do they know of, about Jigsaw? Because one of the traps in this is supposed to be one of, you know, the one of the traps in this is supposed to be an early Jigsaw early trap prototype, that, yeah. that no one found. Problem is, if it's an early prototype trap of one of his first traps, people don't know about Jigsaw at that point. Yeah, they're not but really... They, but everyone here knows about Jigsaw, and he's got his little, you know... Goatee. New metal, you know, goatee going on, which yeah. is a, you know, later thing. There is definitely some some weirdness to the timeline, so it's yeah, it's hard to say whether these these players would have known at that point, you know, whether uh, about Jigsaw like enough to really understand that they've got to play by the rules and how they play. And so, in some instances, it doesn't seem like they do because like they don't know to play the tapes sometimes, and they don't, you know, the you know the cassettes that are around, they don't see the tapes, they don't know that that's what you have to do when you do a game. So I would assume that those are have, would have come out in the news, even though it says you know on the tape, play me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that like the, the traps in this are, um, suitably, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to, I would say they're suitably, um, creative, but not so creative to where five, six and seven got where obviously they were coming up with new ways to design, design things in order to make it like the most ridiculous and gory. And I like that too, because technically this is an early game. So at that point would, would Jigsaw's traps have been like super elaborate? Probably not. Well, yeah, I, th I think that's again, has to more to do with these are Jigsaw's traps. Yeah. And not Amanda's yeah, not. They, they definitely, you know, I like that though, because Jigsaw doesn't feel like it has to go like way over the top with its traps. It's, they're very simplistic. Well, I think it too, it's going to be like, you're right. Technically, this is a soft reboot because it's, you know, this is what film franchises do now. It's a soft reboot, but again, it's a sequel too. So it's a soft reboot in the fact that they're grounding it more. Like, let's get back to like you know where we originally were. You know, yeah, and not so much as you said the original Saw, but more like Saw Two, Saw Three, where you know things are complicated, but they're not you know totally. Yeah, go, going into a tailspin, like, wait, there's five different games going on? But, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I do appreciate the fact that the traps in this are, for the most part, I, are pretty good. There's a couple I think are kind of stupid, like the, the grain trap. Yeah, the grain trap is the probably one of the worst in this one. Um, one is mainly because the fucking, they're going to get buried alive in grain, which they don't get buried alive, and then things are going to fall at them. And the CGI for the knives and pitchforks and saw blades that are falling down look absolutely fucking terrible. Yeah, and there's the whole... I, it seems like overkill in many ways. Like, because... How many... What, did he go to Home Depot and, like, right. I, need, I need 300, so, you know... Just ton, saw blades. Tons of, like, various weapons are falling down. Pitchforks, sides, knives... Saw blades, you know, reciprocating saws. <laughs> Everything is falling down through this this hole, and that I think it just seems like um, overly ridiculous. And then at and that and point, and too, and you I... have to think about like who's doing it, like who's throwing these knives down? Because uh, is it like an automated shoot of just like 
Jigsaw designed a bunch of not, uh, you know, a, a machine that feeds out tools and drops it, it down the chute. Well, yeah, it seems like someone has to be throwing them down because it's like there's like a wave of it and then like another wave and then like you know, like, yeah, it's 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 all, not all just like at once. And not only that, that whole trap's stupid because for that trap to ha- even start up. There has to be somebody who tries to take a shortcut in the room that says that's not an exit. So it's yeah. not one, one of the people has to be the dumbass. Like, ah, fuck so, this. I'm going to do it and get stuck in that trap to then act, you know. Yeah, it, it almost makes you question, like, if no one had done the no exit door. They just go in the grand would, silo would, and yeah, move on? Yeah, or, yeah, would they just, like, would the other doors just open? It doesn't seem like it. So he's expecting, like... Or not, not maybe not even expecting, but just ensuring that someone will have to use the no exit door, and then kind of then afterwards saying like you tried to take a shortcut. It's like well you made me, <laughs> like there's no other way to go through here. Someone had <laughs> right, right, exactly. So I would say that that trap's probably the worst. I I like the opening trap. I think that's pretty uh, a pretty clever way of just like having them be able to cut themselves, and it's it's reminiscent of other saw traps with the. Uh, most i think it's like four or five where they have to actually feed their hand through the the saw to like mm. get enough blood to open up their yeah. shackles i think it's it's reminiscent of that and it also immediately shows like there's actually a saw in this yeah <laughs> i think that's one of the things i don't like too is there's a they use a shit ton of buzz saws in this yeah they like, yeah it like, does yeah like ooh you know get it get it, it like, does like, use a lot of saws it's yeah. like we get it you don't have to there's yeah. a saw in this one. You're, and there's you're, a saw in that one. There, there's a bunch of it. I think it's total overkill. One thing I don't. The one thing I don't like about that trap is they only have to give like a sacrifice of blood, and it only has to be a little bit. But there's no way for like if you cut yourself, there's no way for it to you know. Yeah, it's like it somebody, there would, somebody somebody so, has to be watching. So, actively. so John's has to be watching the game. Yeah, I don't. I don't to, know how it would. For him to release them, because uh, it's not like it's, there's no way for it to be like automated, like like you said in the other one, like you have to like give enough blood to right open the shackles. So he's literally watching the game. I mean, there are cameras going on, but I mean, still, he because in the most for, in most of the films, Jigsaw puts himself in the games, but not so much like he's li- he's the one at the console, like yeah. watching a computer, you know, a TV monitor. Like, oh, he did that one. Release that now, you know. Yeah, most of it is actually automated because you 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 have to get the sense that he's not even like really he's not um enjoying the games. It's more of like just a a process to make them become better people, right? They he, so he's it's not like he's watching it as like a snuff film, like he enjoys it. So yeah, it, it does change the. Uh, the dynamic when he has to actually actively watch the cameras and then like say, yep. Okay. They gave their blood. Um, here's, the, here's the opening for them to go through. Oh, no, no, no. I think about it. No, if, if you get the ending too, he was watching cause he was in the room next to the room. He was, yeah, what, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Right. You know, uh, in a bit, but, but I think, but even still like it, it, cause again, like he, you're right. It would be more of a snuff film if he's just sitting there, kind of. Yeah, he doesn't enjoy it, so. Because he even in Saw Three, he says he's not a murderer and he detests right. murderers. So he obviously, you know, he, the way he frames his games is that he puts you in them, and then you have to ch- make the choice, and whatever happens is your own choosing, your own doing. You have to be held responsible. So he doesn't view him as being a murderer. He's viewing himself as like you know a savior. Yeah. So. Um, all right, so we talked about the first two traps. What about the blender trap? The 
the one that's rigged up the there's a blender rigged up to a motorcycle that when the motorcycle's revving it spins the blender around as the the man gets fed down into the blender more and more until he gets to the bottom where um, the blades can rip him apart. It's cool. I it is cool. A little co- fucking complicated. It is complicated. I, I know. Like- I, know I, I know. I know that he's an engineer and he would have you know the wherewithal to you know figure out and build that. But I mean, it, it does look cool. The problem I have is the guy's a dumbass because as soon as he like uh, the girl like shoves like the like rod and the spokes to, like keep it from going. He's like, Oh god, you know, it's like no, take that moment to grab Abs- that fucking brake. Absolutely because and then, you know, hit it and so you're not there and then like cuz you know it's probably not going to hold or right? you know, if you're smart, you would probably think maybe I got 5 seconds, you know, to Right, yeah. Just to just to hit the brake so it will absolutely not you know, Get start people, again. Yeah. yeah. I I um I like that trap though because it is so thematic. Um it does make sense with his story. The one thing that I don't like, and this pertains to all of the games that are occurring that we see, is that really all Jigsaw is looking for is a straight confession about what they've done. And these people in their refu- past are like literally refusing to do it until like the very end. Right. the The whole thing about it is that, um, they they feel like they've never done anything wrong, or they don't know what it is that Jigsaw's looking for. But the game, the the actual backstories for them that we get later on are something that no one forgets like you would not forget that you did that or you would not be you know even if you tried really hard to like put that back in your memory you're really like i don't want to i don't want to remember what i the terrible thing that i did well the thing is it, they remember putting, they, they just re- they're refusing to yeah when to you're put it. in this situation like and it's life or death scenario and you have five people around who would judge you they don't, you, but you, you, don't, don't even, you don't even know them. Exactly. So like, you have no, like, there's no other alternative. You confess. You say, yeah, I did what you're asking me about. And that's it. And then you're out. You're you're home free. I don't understand why the film treats them as so reticent to, like, release this information. Because in that scenario, I absolutely would. I'd be singing like a canary about anything that I did badly. I, I cheated on my test in eighth grade. I uh, I don't know what you're looking for, you know. But obviously, these people they do. There's no, there's no yeah, like question of like, like which one was it that I did. I know, like, was what's, I... The, what's the one? Oh, it's like oh, you're obviously probably talking about the time I robbed you know someone's purse and got three dollars and fifty three cents out of it, and the lady died because she had an asthma attack and. You know, her inhaler was in there because I took her purse, you know, and instead of, you know, trying to, like, get for help, I was like, oh, fuck this, and ran off, you know. Yeah. Or, or is the one guy like, I was the drunken idiot, you know, back in high school, and my friends were driving a car, and I was just being an asshole in the back, and like, stop it, quit it, and I fell out of the car, and then they got, you know, crashed into another car, and it went up like a Death Wish 3. You know, like, yeah, complete huge explosion, which is pretty funny. In it was uh, hilarious, it's a hilarious moment in an otherwise somber scene. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's the thing that I I don't I don't know how you get away with this in a soft film because in some ways it does require the participants to just not be forthcoming about the, the bad things that they've done. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the traps because they will not admit that they did something wrong, and I guess that's like the the predicament of being able to write something that makes sense like why would they not want to admit it in this room when their life is on the line 
I would say that Jigsaw doesn't do a very good job of selling that point. Like, why would they not want to admit and be done with the game? It's just they're shitty people. Right, exactly. And it's, you know, in some ways, too, um, I would argue that these people are not even as much guilty as some of the other people in other soft films. Like this seems like, this seems like soft guilt um, in some, no, in some ways. No. So, some, some people do. Some people do seem like it's soft guilt. Like they, they, they did a bad thing, but they were not directly responsible for certain things. No, they, they all were. I'm thinking that. You got, except, except the, the twist ending for like, yeah, well, but, but, but okay. So you, you run down. The one girl, which we didn't talk about the second trap, which was the hanging and the needles yeah. with the acid, you know, she robbed someone's purse and person died of an asthma attack and she didn't, you know, she could have helped and saved her life, but she was, you know. But but the, the scene makes it look like she attempted to help. She went back, but she was already dead. She went back with the inhaler, but she was already dead. So she did attempt to help, and at that point, yeah, she did a bad thing, right? She stole the purse, but she did come back, and there's a... That's soft guilt. It's not her fault she had an asthma attack, though she did steal the purse. She did a crappy thing. It, I would argue that it's not a death sentence crappy thing, even as much as, like, some of the other victims of Jigsaw's games. To me, it was it looked more like she saw, like, she like she was, like, having, like, a asthma attack or whatever and then she just said shit and ran off i don't know i think that scene is um misleading because it does look like she came back but there was nothing she could do at that point so she ran off so it, it's hard to say but i would again i would argue that's soft guilt it's not it's not like something that she would have known would have happened she stole a purse it's it's you know some what is it a pet, petty theft i don't know but it's not you know it's not something she completely had control over the same thing with the guy with the bike which the, no, he did. He sold. He, he sold, sold him a. He sold him a bike with faulty brakes for sure. Yep, bad move. Definitely could have caused a death. But the scene that we see does not really look like he was actually actively braking. It looked like he did. He was running a red light and hit a. Or, or his brakes didn't work. No, but it doesn't even look like he's trying to brake because that scene shows him getting hit from the side by like a garbage truck, and he's like riding along joyfully. It doesn't look like no, he you even see, tried you, to no, break. No, you see him. I did, I did not see it. Again, I would say that is not a well shot. It would be different if he ran into the side of the garbage truck. But the way that the, that is filmed, it doesn't... It leaves, again, a misleading conception of, like, what happened. I, I just don't think that they did a good job with showing You're the You're a pretty shitty person if you sell, like, a, like an... A vehicle with no, like agreed, faulty brakes. Agreed, agreed. I do agree with that. Like that you're, you're a really shitty person. I agree with that. I, I, I don't know that he was the... That's why like, I don't like mechanics. He's like, like, I'm going to go there and probably get fucked by them. From, you know? the, from the way that they show the actual death sequence of that guy, though, I, that, and that was, I could and argue... And that's Jigsaw's nephew, too. Yeah, I could argue that that really... Which I don't think really needed to be a point. Like, I don't think the fact... The, well, the kid that I, bought that bike. No, like, you don't. He didn't really. He didn't need to be Jigsaw's nephew. It, the thing that really bugs me about some of these tra- the things that are happening in this case is that Jigsaw happens to be around all of this terrible stuff all the time. <laughs> He's uh, he lives next door to the people, to the woman who killed her baby, and he hears all of it. It's like really, this this happens to him on a daily basis. 
By by the way, he looked like fucking Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino when he's like sitting on the porch yeah, listening yeah, to listening to them fight, you know, and stuff. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you know, all he needed was like a paps in his hand and be like, oh, I hate Asian people. Yeah, but <laughs> and I don't want to. I'm not saying that this is this was right what she did, but Anna, the woman who kills her baby in the backstory and then blames it on her husband, that's postpartum depression. That's, it's, I mean, it's not right, but is it, I, she obviously needs help and Jigsaw knows that, but instead of like alerting the authorities that it was postpartum depression, he puts her through an entire game. Yeah. Well, because he, he wouldn't think that you would need a psychologist at that point. He's already, you know, I guess he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't see that as, you know. John Kramer, he saw, you know, I think at it, that point he was, you know, Jigsaw, because he's totally chemoed out, got his goatee, so. I think Which again, is funny, just just kind of seeing him, you know, like, you know, in his, like, Jigsaw persona, he's just, like, in the house next door. And, yeah, just, like, and casually they, sitting around, just like, reading yeah, the paper. Just, like, in, like a neighbor, like, wow, like, like try to talk to him, he's like, you gotta help yourself. Yeah. And they're like, man, John's really gone off the deep he's, end, he's, way. He's, yeah, he's, he's grave. But, no, uh, I, but, no, I, but I mean, but he... It makes sense for him to do that because, again, he would say you have to, like, help yourself. I guess. But he would he you really can't. I mean, I would argue it's just not – it's another bad example of, like, a person who needed to be in that game. I don't know if I just I, – I don't know. I guess maybe maybe in his, his, his mindset, postpartum depression is just something that you can treat with a, with a game. But Well, at that point, yeah. I guess. Amanda was a drug addict. I he guess. He wasn't like, yeah. hey, you should go to rehab. He was like – I'm going to put you in a fucking reverse bear trap. And if you don't get out... Well, at least with rehab, she had already been a few times. In this case, this lady had never sought help for postpartum depression because she didn't realize she had it. It's a different scenario. And I would... Like, I'm not saying that any of these things were, like, you know, they, they weren't bad things that these people did. But I'm saying that I don't know if they particularly match the mindset that Jigsaw has of, like, who needs to be... Saved from their own, like, you know, bad intentions. I maybe that's just me, but I didn't. I, I didn't like the the backstories they chose for these people. It's it seemed like they were it was soft guilt and not something more like I don't know something that was bigger in the scheme of things. Yeah, well, I don't think a lot of people who are gonna be watching this movie are gonna be like, oh, I sympathize with that. That's well. true too. They're not really <laughs> sympathizing at that point. It's more so like put him through another trap. <laughs> I want to see him in a game. I don't know. Um, so that was my only, you know, my my biggest concern with that part of it. Um, but all this stuff, all these games have have actually happened in the past. That, that that was ten years ago in the film. So when the film gets to its conclusion, we find out that these are all old games that were done with Jigsaw. He did them, and then our current killer redid them, and redid the, all of the games just as a kind of like a throwback to old jigsaw so he could use their bodies and create a new game to mislead people and then eventually um play his own game with a detective that's part of the police force that he doesn't like because it led to the death of his wife so i and not like that we don't see his game actually in motion yeah we see we see jigsaw's you know the, the weird thing to me about the conclusion, which we, we can kind of get into now, I guess, is that we do only see Jigsaw's game, but we don't see 
the copycats game at all, except for the end part when they're going through like, you know, the, the regular flashback sequences that the saw films tend to have, like at the end of the, you know, they do all the flashbacks with the, the theme song, which they didn't actually do that for the, they didn't put the theme on. The yeah. No theme song for the flashbacks. Um, but I would, I don't know why they chose not to show any of the game that like the current game that the killer's doing. It seems like a weird choice that they they show the old game but they don't show the new game. I'm not sure like does it work? Did you do you feel like it works that we see the old one but we don't see the actual one going on? I I think you'd be better if they showed more at the like if you're doing like the reveal at the end then just show more of, like, what he actually did. It seems... Like, yeah, he, like, I'm fine with them showing, like, it being Jigsaw, you know, just we finding out that it's a flashback and it's ten years ago and it's one of Jigsaw's games that people didn't ever find out about. Yeah. Um. So I'm, fi- I'm fine with all that, but I think at the end when we have the, rev- you know, the twist and the reveal that they should, you know, when they're flashing back, at, you know, and he's talking about all the things he did, you know, doing his exposition dump, that, um... That they actually show bits from his game. Like, you don't have to go into detail, but show, like, the, the people that, you know, the three that were in his game. Yeah. Well, because the the motorcycle game, for sure, is a very specific th- themed game. Like, for that one guy. So, did he find another guy that also sold so many bad brakes on a bike that then died? You know, they're, it's very specific to certain people. So, it makes you think, like, well... Like, how did his game play out? And we don't see it. It just seems like a weird decision that they, even in passing, they mentioned that. Like, I did another game. I did, I copied the same game. It's a, I don't know. I just felt like it was like a rushed moment where they should have gone into more detail because we don't get that information. Um, but before I, before we get into like the full conclusion, I want to talk about the other, the, the uh, opposite uh, storyline that's going on while we see Jigsaw's games in the past, in the past 10 years, because there is a current investigation of these people that keep showing up that seem like they're in a game. Uh, the copycat killer is leaving messages that says like, you know, we, there's four more left or there's three more left, you know, two more left in this game. Um, and the investigation is being led by this detective Halloran who, um, is played by Callum Keith Rennie, which is that's a mouthful of a name right there. You mean to tell me there's another uh, another Callum Rennie that has a sad <laughs> card? He had, to, he had to have, you know, the middle name. But um, I think you know. So there's an investigation being led by this guy and his uh, opposite detective uh, Keith Hunt, played by Clay Bennett. Uh, um, <laughs> Keith. <laughs> and uh, should just name him Mike Hunt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, they're they're you know uh, inves- investigating all of these murders and having um, Logan Nelson the I, I guess it's a coroner um, by played by Matt Passmore and his assistant Eleanor Bonneville played by Hannah Emily Anderson um, they're all investigating these murders that are occurring um, which we is shown as being the uh, same people from the game that we're seeing like spliced together and we get a lot of information about. Detective Halloran, he's a bad guy, obviously. He's done bad things on his cases. He's, he's let people go. He's a, yep, he's a dirty cop. He's taken bribes. Um, he's being investigated by IA. Um, and I think that, 
like they do a lot with the the detective piece of this. I don't know if it really works in this film though. It's way too much of a like like a police procedural. It is a yeah, it is for sure. Like, like they were going for the and, not only that, it's like they're like, okay, what was like one of the things people really loved about Saw Four? The opening morgue scene where they're <laughs> you know, uh autopsy scene. Giving the autopsy of uh jigsaw. So they're like so let's have that be a big part. Like, doctors, you know, doing the jigsaw part. Now, because fucking forensic science is, like, everything, they gotta have, like, you know, ten different things of forensic science. Like, I match this bullet with that bullet and the blood with this blood and, you know, the voice pattern with this voice pattern. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's like... To- tune in next week on Sunday after uh, after football on CBS for CSI Jigsaw. I just think that the um, the detective aspect of it seems really cheesy, too. Like Detective Halloran is the cheesiest cop. He's just on the a very, force. very stereotypical. It's like I'm a detective, so I don't drive a squad car or anything normal. I drive my 1969 SS Camaro. Why? So when I'm tailing people, they know I'm getting tailed. Yeah, right. <laughs> like my engine is, you know. Vroom, vroom. Oh, what's what's that? I'm just idling in here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like he's very which is which is something I always love in like cop movies. Like you know, it's like. You know, like, at least in, like, Bullet, it makes sense with Steve McQueen and a Charger, because all cars in, you know, like, the 60s and shit sound loud, because, you know, no emissions, you know, controls back then, but it's just funny, like, oh, yeah, in the days of, like, all these quiet, like, running Priuses and Hyundais and Hondas, yeah, you're gonna be tailing them, you know. Yeah, it, <laughs> it just seems cheesy, um, and, like, it seems like they just watched a stereotypical cop show, they're like, we need that, you know, we need the one guy that's, like outlandish can you look like jerry orbach from law and order but it's you know but if he was you know still with us and yeah it was you know the 2010s now we yeah we we need his partner who's like actually down to earth and you know and suspects that his his partner's like a bad guy but can't do anything right now um and then we need like the the cool forensic pathologist guy who's who can just analyze things and know like when he analyzes a bullet it's like that's I know what bullet this came. I know what gun this came from because I looked at the bullet and I I know that it has. Look at this parabellum right here. Well, definitely that, well, that's the round. It's called nine by nine. It, definitely nine, came nine out by nine parabellum. Definitely came out of this gun. I well, just that mean, but I mean, but he's well. That makes sense because he set that up. Because right, which, right. Which yeah. that what that part pisses me off when you find out he, like he's the one that shot the guy. Yeah, with a sniper rifle, you know, uh, from a rooftop. Regular, with, regular. Nobody, show. nobody heard that. You know. That fucking thing go off and right. hit him, you know. I know. It's going to sound a little bit louder than all the cops' glocks down there, you know. Like, what the hell was that, you know. But nope, it's, he's Jason Bourne. He's like, yeah, I'm going to, you know. Yeah. I just, I I don't love the whole detective thing. I think it's a little bit too cheesy in it. Oh, well, it's a it, Saw movie. You got it. What else does Saw have besides traps and jigsaw? It has SWAT teams and cops. Yeah. Where's the SWAT, you know. That twenty four seven SWAT team from the Saw films, just per, you know, driving in their SWAT van twenty four seven, looking for like run down warehouses. Maybe Jigsaw's in there. Let's go. Check. I can just imagine that SWAT team getting the call and they're like, "Guys, guys, he's back." <laughs> they're like, "We're back on the force." Have the a, a, a like the A team? When- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I understand that it's a it's a big part of this film because really, it's Logan who's leading all of the the investigation because he is the jigsaw copycat killer. Like he's been working on this to make sure that detective Halloran goes down. 
I get I get that it's a big part of this film, but a lot of it feels like a red herring because it's a lot of it's just unnecessary that we get like the conclusion monologue is so complicated by I need to show you this. I need to tell you this. I, there was a game 10 years ago, which is the one that the audience has been seeing. Then I did another game 10 years later and it's the same game. And then I had to set everything up. I made sure that my assistant, uh, Eleanor was, uh, an alt girl with a sleeve of tattoos that has a nice ass apparently that we don't get to see. Um, and she goes to like, uh, the dark web to look up jigsaw things, and I know that she makes jigsaw traps, and it's like, really? I I I I was laughing at that because she's like, all oh, those jigsaw traps. I'm like, where'd you get those? Right, like the- I'm sure the police were au- auctioning off today. You know, yeah, right. We got an old Ford Crown Victoria well, Cruiser, and after that, some John, more John Kramer's, you know, traps. I, I guess that we're supposed to believe that she just created them all from blueprints, but again. Where are people getting jigsaw blueprints from? And then again, where is she getting this link for the deep, the dark web? Because what the fuck's the dark web? The dark web is just the web that's not indexed by any search engines. So you have to access it via an onion browser, like, um, like uh, Tor. So it doesn't log your IP address, and it's just like these unindexed computer sites. So. Obviously, there's illegal things on it, like drugs. There's also, like, random things, like somebody's got a, like, a book sharing club on the dark web. So, it's not, you know, there's a lot of things on there. But what she's getting at is that she's been accessing this dark website that has all these blueprints for Jigsaw's traps. But the thing is, like, where does she find get this it, link? I would, I would find it hard to believe, even if it's, like, IP address and shit, that, like, the NSA and them wouldn't be able to track that down. Well, they can, and that's how they, that's how they know that she's been accessing it. But the thing that gets me is that, like, you can't find one of those websites unless you know the exact, and it's just a very long string, because it's not like (laughs) www.jigsawfreaks.com. It's, you know, it's, it's a long, right, it's a long (laughs) string of, like, letters and characters that she would have to know to access it. And so where did she get that link? Because no one knows it. It's not on, no one knows it's on the web. So she had to have talked to someone who was like, yep, I run this site. Or or like knows people there. Exactly. And so the whole thing is very elaborately set up and it just doesn't, it it seems way too elaborate and complex to really actually work. Um, The other thing that really bugs me about the old jigsaw traps that we get to see because we're, we're privy to like the 10 years prior jigsaw traps they seem way too advanced for the time. Like, yeah, it's like that's not 2005. Right, <laughs> exactly. They seem too advanced for like what Jigsaw was doing because back then Jigsaw was doing very uh, minor, like wire work, like the bear trap is, is is relatively minor. It's not really run on technology. It's it's more of a like pull this wire to get it started and then it just counts down until it's it goes off. Whereas these traps got that an we elaborate see, security system. Yeah. Um, it's all, you know, all, you know, timers and countdowns and... And it's all very much run by technology. It just seems way too complex for that time period for Jigsaw to be doing. So those are, two, you know, two he, areas that I think... Bi- he's a busy cancer patient. Yeah, yeah he's he got is. a lot of spare, spare time. He does about, a lot of work. You know, lifting... <laughs> I don't know, though. So 
how did you feel about the um the killer like the the one the real one the copycat killer that is in this film what you what did you think i uh, called it the second i saw him and he's like the first words he said not trying to brag or anything but i i, I don't know about you it seemed pretty obvious for, like i didn't call him specifically um but it seems very obvious that they're making Eleanor out to be a fall guy when she really is not because they're doing way too much to make her seem like the killer because she has jigsaw's traps and she accesses his website. She's not, a redhead, so obviously she's weird. Not, not, she's got not, tattoos. Yeah, no, but not like that. It's like it's like the kind of thing like with Amanda, like how when you get to like Saw Four, you know, they're like it can't, you know, Amanda couldn't have done this alone. She would never have been able to like you know lift the person you know, up into the you know the female detective into that, you know, trap that rips her rib cage. So there had to be an accomplice. Yeah. Same thing with her. It's like, she ain't going to be, you know, you know. Right. Yeah. Rigging up these traps and, yeah. and being able to. Yeah, I agree. And I think that in that case, it really leaves no room for anybody else to have done it, especially because Matt Passmore is a pretty big guy, too. So, like, it makes sense that he'd be able to do, like, rig up all these traps and pick people up and put them where they need, you know. It just makes sense. And the film makes it pretty clear that he's got a hard-on for taking out Detective Halloran because it's no no secret that he, he thinks that, like, he's the reason why, like, eight-year-olds were murdered and his wife was killed. And they keep bringing up that fact of, like, well, is this about, and I don't even remember her name, but is this about, like, Sharon or, whatever, you know, whatever her name was? He's like, no, it's not about Sharon, but an eight-year-old died because Detective Halloran let this killer go. So they put the motive there, and it's very clear. I don't know. I wouldn't say that I was – I almost thought it could be Eleanor just because they made it so, like, ridiculously outlandish that it would be her because it made it seem like she was obviously going to be the killer, so she wouldn't be. Um, and not like that, when they're like, like it's got to be Detective Halloran. It's like, no <laughs> – Right, and it's like it's like when they're like like oh you know when Logan's like it's you know when they're like you know yeah. who gave the order to you know you know just shoot the you know the detonator not hit you know him yeah yeah and they flash back like oh he shot him you know but it's, yeah it's it's it's, it's they're but, but he it, didn't shoot you they're know? making it too obvious and and at that point I feel feel like the twist itself is kind of ruined because. For one thing, it's really clear when they get to the barn that the game is not that we've been seeing is not being played, I, and there was no question about it because like three days pass in like regular investigation. There's no way that those people it's like were a body there for a, three yeah, days. Body, yeah, body a day, you know. Yeah, so that's pretty clear. Um, it's also clear that Jigsaw is not alive because you do if you followed the film at the films at all you see his goatee and that's very reminiscent of when in the previous films when they flash back before that he had that before like his radiation and everything when he had cancer yeah. um so i would say that the twists themselves are not very revelatory like it it, it doesn't seem surprising when you get to it it's more so like wow that's a lot of setup <laughs> You know, this guy was really motivated and that's that's like a crazy level of setup to recreate the the games 10 years later and um you know, make sure he's he's at the right places at the right time. Like he's constantly at the morgue like switching bodies out. He exhumes 
Jigsaw's body, places a new guy in the coffin, and then puts the coffin back, and then it's not apparently like- layers a perfect uh, level of grass on it so that no one realizes that the body's ex- been exhumed previously, yeah. um, which is never really brought up at all because, like, in that case, they bring suspend a, your disbelief. Yeah, they bring a backhoe, <laughs> they exhume the body again, and no one's like, "Well, it looks like somebody's been digging here." Like, no, but obviously they had to have. It just there is a lot of suspension of disbelief in order to believe that Logan could have done all of this like within a small short period of time. I'm, I'm assuming with the next one we'll get like he's got accomplices, you know. Absolutely, there, there, for us to believe it, there had to have been because. Um, there's no way that all of this stuff could have occurred while he was like doing regular investigations for work. Like, yeah, I'm at work again, guys. You know, like just just autopsy and bodies. There's no way that it could have happened without somebody being suspicious of him. And even we even know that like Eleanor's getting tailed. So they're concerned about her and they're concerned about Logan too, because they think like they're working together. So it does doesn't it defies belief that they wouldn't have at least like had a tail on Logan as well, like tailing him to the cemetery. And not only that, but, you know, they do bring up that he was you know a captured soldier in Fallujah and was tortured. You know, right? It, obviously, out of like all the people, you know, he'd be you know he'd be the one to be like enacting his torture on somebody else. Well, not not that because he what we find out from the end he's he speaks for the dead. So his morality is like he's taking, you know, he's punishing those who have, you know, led to the wrongful deaths of people. Yeah. Um. Which I'm fine with that and all. I mean, I think that that's straying a little bit from, you know, Jigsaw's mo of it being about people who don't value their life. And it makes sense because too. because Jigsaw's whole thing was he finds out he's ha- has cancer, he's going to die. He tries to kill himself because he doesn't know how to handle, you know, handle that. Right, and he wants he, to... And then when he comes, you know, he doesn't successfully kill himself, you know, he's reborn as Jigsaw because he's like, you know, I, I, you know, learned, like, I only have a small amount of time. I need to value my life. And then it's compounded on further in other films. We find out he's got a wife and they had, a, we're going to have a baby, but, you know, a druggie led to the baby's death and it, you know. I mean, I, I think it makes sense for Logan because that's like his hang up and he's he's gotten over it so now his his um obsession is making sure that people pay for their you know for mistakes they made previously that led to other people's deaths and you know it makes sense that because he is not jigsaw and he's not but following the same, jigsaw. But, but yeah but he, you know he was following jigsaw jigsaw is the one who trained him he says at the end jigsaw is the one who gave him purpose and meaning in his life again so he fought he's supposed to be following the tenets of jigsaw but at the same time it's it's being warped again, like yeah, and people have their own like, uh, which per- I guess I, uh, perceptions of like what people are trying to tell them. So I, I it say, makes sense. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, I guess it does make sense because Amanda couldn't cope with you know being responsible for the deaths of people. That's why instead of having them suffer, she just her traps killed people. And then Costas Mandalore was kind of like getting revenge for his sister or whatever. It was a sister, right? Yeah. I- I think it was his sister. Something and not like only that. that, and kind of just trying to cover his own ass at the same time, too. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I... Th- I th- he's alright. He's just, I mean... the You mean Logan himself? Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's alright. I mean, he's You're just, not really... I, th- I He's like, not captivated. Again, like, one of the things that makes people like... Well, like I said, one of the reasons why people love Saw is because of Tobin Bell. Mm-hmm. This, you know, despite... 
in spite of the films, you know, themselves as they go along, the scenes he's in, he's captivating. And he is in this, too. He does, con- you know. Yeah. He holds your attention. You listen to him. And he, give, and he does give a strong performance in this, I think. I think he's definitely the highlight of the film. You yeah. Know? Um, I th- but, but that's where in the, the film has its problems, is the fact that they're going to just have to constantly come up with ways of how can we flashback the jigsaw. While something else is going on, yeah, they can't they can't just do Saw One again and have just one game, you know, and like and how that's playing out. They're gonna have to constantly have three to five fucking things going on. Yeah, and the other thing is that they always have to have like Jigsaw having somebody that he worked with previously to to create in his image. Like so, we we've had that with Amanda, we had that with Cost, we had that with uh, uh, Carrie Elwes' yeah. character, and now we have it with Logan as well. And which I think I think he's because like you said they're like oh we're kind of probably gonna ignore Saw Seven and not you know really bring up Carrie Elwes is the fact that he's a coroner and all that it's kind of like he's supposed to be probably be like Carrie Elwes's character you basically know? yeah I mean he was and he was also implicated in the same problems because he was originally reading the radiology reports and mixed up the names on the on the X rays that would have shown that John had cancer of the brain so. He's in and the an same, early, yeah, yeah an he, earlier stage, and so we wouldn't find out later, you know. He's, but, but as you pointed out, it's like the, it's the stupidest thing ever. Like these doctors didn't notice, like you know, and Jigsaw didn't notice. Like I've been, you know, having seizures of late and uh, kind of blacking out. What's going on? Right, yeah, because that it, I, it's uh, you have to suspend um, your disbelief again that someone would be able to make a mistake. Like you have like a a golf ball sized tumor in your brain. And then say somebody else did because the names got mixed up on an X-ray report, and they'd be like, "I'm really concerned because you're not exhibiting any symptoms of brain cancer, but this other guy is, and it says he's normal." You know, they would, you there's no way that there would be a mix-up like that for very long, like long enough to really say like, "Oh, there's no treatment for you now, Jigsaw." Whereas with a golf ball-sized tumor, we could have like excised it. So, so, no. ba- so basically, uh, when you get back to Saw, Saw One, Carrie Elwes is Doctor Gordon. It's just. T- he was he wasn't put into the game because he was cheating on his wife and you know was a very flippant doctor who didn't have good bedside manner. He's just a terrible oncologist. <laughs> yeah, t- terrible. <laughs> Maybe but, faked his practice. But I mean, but not only that, like it's stupid too because that's the, the that's the whole reason why Logan was an original participant in the game that Jigsaw was having on going on because he was the one that mixed that up. Which his what he did compared to everyone else there. Again, that's that's as you soft guilt. Yeah, right. That's the you know, and the fact that he was still passed out, you know, and probably never even knew that he did the wrong thing because as a you know maybe just he doesn't have names or anything available to him, so he just put stickers on. Like obviously there was bad practice at that hospital. That that was the practice of like just having names on the. Well, not only that, in Saw Three we see the main character, the doctor in Saw Three, we see she's a fucking you know. Right. She's a scumbag too, because she's like cheating on her husband, and she's very distant, and she's you know on drugs and stuff, and you know, and yeah, depressed, and like oh, it takes you know, but I mean no, it's like it's stupid. So like after watching that whole first trap happen with the saw blade and stuff, Jigsaw runs and saves him because he's like, oh, I, I guess I made a mistake. You don't deserve to be you know right. There. You were you know you weren't able to participate in the game because you were still passed out, and maybe maybe you mixing up that X ray wasn't. 
you know, the worst thing that you could have done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Logan is really. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that they pick someone like Logan because he's basically Wait. like a Costas Mandler or. Yes, uh, yes. Which, by the way, we should refer to uh, Costas Mandler as his character name too. Detec- Detec- uh, Detective Hoffman. Yeah, Hoffman. <laughs> Yeah, but he's basically the like the same. He's he looks very just a bl- just a bland bland guy, right? Like no gr- outstanding personality. Like the only moment you really get to see Logan's personality is like I called him. I didn't call him you know useless bastard. Remember, I called him like a you know oh, an incompetent asshole. Yeah, you know, and it's like and, ah, he made a funny. You and know? and then when he's like playing catch with his daughter, like that's that's what you get for him. And I would argue that we do. To make him like Jigsaw, we need a little bit more. We need more than just an exposition dropped over some sh- uh, showing of his scars that says, like, he was in Fallujah. And, you know, people did torture to him. There's – that's, like – that's that's telling and not showing. You don't, you don't get pretty much anything else from his character. And that's probably what makes him so bland and throughout the and film. That's, and that's part of so- the franchise as a whole. One of its problems is it's very exposition dump heavy. Like, you get to, like, halfway through the film, it's got to have, like, a huge exposition dump. Then you get, like, three quarters through it, it's got to have another exposition dump. And then when you get to the twist at the end, another, you know, exposition yeah, dump. Yeah, the twist itself in this film is, like, 15 minutes. Like, no no joke, like, 15 minutes of exposition. It's 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 too much. I think that it's an overload because not only in that exposition are you forced to kind of, like, listen to this guy as he lists off all of these things that he did, um, you have to kind of put it into an order because we saw 10 years prior, but he did a game 10 years later. It's, it's too much. And like what we read in an article, I think it was, you said it was from like variety. They said it was like, uh, wrote garishly, gar- garishly wrote. I would agree with that because and not, and not wrote as in written, but R O T E. Right. I would agree with that because this is, like I said, it's like saw two. They, they take that same thing and then they just add more to the, the flashback to make it make sense that Saw, this guy worked with Jigsaw. But Saw 2, I would say if you compare this to Saw 2, I'd say the game in this is more interesting than the game that's going on in Saw 2. Yeah. I, but yeah. the thing is, in Saw 2, Donnie Wahlberg and Jigsaw's interaction, you know. Much better. Is much better because it's literally just a... Which is a really great thing. It's just them sitting down, having a conversation, talking, you know, and Jigsaw and, being calm, cool, and collected with the police there going to arrest him. And he's just, you know, eating at, you know, Donnie Wahlberg's emotions by constantly poking him with, you know, verbal jabs and, you know, yeah, and, and uh, the game that they're involved. Where in this, you know, we don't really get that until the very end, which I will say the end when you get to see the reveal that Jigsaw's behind, you know, all those traps. I do like the call back to the first film where they're chained up, you know, with their foot peter chained up yeah yeah and the way that you know he's telling them to try how to win that game yep and i think again that's another uh very easy like that's a game that is winnable very easily winnable in the sense in that like that's kind of how the original saws were like working together making sure that you know you you have a choice to make and it's not necessarily kill the other person it's which I did. I, I did really like that the shot. I I knew like the shotgun was going to backfire. Yeah, but it's a fun. But that was it was great. He and he says the key to your salvation, and he's holding the shotgun to the shell. You know, the key to your salvation lies within. Yeah, and he loads the shell and he walks away, and then you know um, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, 
he's already got a bloody stump and he's like, yeah. I don't, you know, want to have to cut my foot off or, you know, shoot and Anna, cause she's now, um, it's Anna, right? Yep. See, this is how, like, memorable these people <laughs> involved. Then again, most of the people in the song, you don't really ever remember their yeah, names. It's, it's, it's just not like, really a... Because yeah. like, yeah, just, uh, like, person number five. Yeah. You know, just fodder for the machine. Game but, number. Game. But, game. you know, she's hysterical. And she's like, no, we got the way to win. I got to kill you. I got to kill you. And she, he's like, no, don't, don't. And then she, then as soon as he, she's about to pull the trigger, he realizes what he meant. Yeah. And then she shoots and it backfires and the, sh- you know, shell explodes in her face. And then he picks up the shell and sees the keys were in there. And I'm actually kind and of. They, and they do, and they do flash back like to like five seconds. You know, <laughs> yeah, five seconds ago when he did that. Well, yeah. I, you know, I mean, it, I do appreciate that because there are people who are going to be watching these films and not be paying attention to that. Like, True. So it's like, it, again, if you're not good, they probably, when they made this, they knew, like, people probably are going to watch this film several times over, like, kind of, like, pick through, like, all the hidden meanings and stuff. So, like, here you go. The, the keys were there. Right. You know? And I'm kind of glad that it was Ryan that was the last one to make it through the games because he was probably the most enjoyable of them because he's always got, like, sarcastic wry humor throughout the entire thing. Not like that. He's, like, a total asshole. He's yeah. like, what are you doing, lollipop? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just the uh, he reminds me of the guy from Saw Three, kind of, you know, like the schlubby guy from Saw Three, the the one that's the, the, playing the game throughout, yeah. like has to go through all of the. He kind of reminds me of that, so I think that was like another like. He kind of reminded me of if it was a uh, John C. McGinley, like put into a Saw. Movie. Oh yeah, kind of yeah. Like if you just imagine like dark, like a kind of frumpier Dr. Cox walking around. Like. Yeah, I mean, I would say that like some of the humor is a little cringy, but I I. His his was the best character because he has the most person personality. That like, line, when you know Billy comes riding on the bike and he's like, "That isn't creepy." You might as well just had like CSI Miami. He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah." With the intro montage. Um. All right, so so uh, let's should we get into a rating? No, is there anything else you want to talk about? Not really. I think we covered pretty much everything. Um. I think that. Oh, did you want to mention the uh, the fatality scene at the end? Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Because that that talk about effects in this. Uh, in general, I think when they do practical effects in this, like the autopsy bodies, looks really good. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, looks really good. The autopsy scene itself is a and there, great. And there's several. Yeah, know. I think the first one that you see with like the, the caved in head. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty effective. And I think it got some people in the audience because there were some like groans <laughs> from the audience in this. And that, um, you know, and I, when I say audience, I mean like ten people <laughs> that were in the audience attendance that no, night. No, it got up to like twenty. By did then. it? Yeah, because yeah. there were people that walked in late. Yeah, so there was a, there was quite a few, but they, that part did get some groans, and I think they did a good job of that. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the practical effects in this were really good. Yeah, um, it's definitely a highlight of the film. Problem is is when they rely on CGI, like we said before in the grain silo trap, where you can obviously tell it's these terrible-looking knives and CGI knives and pitchforks and shit falling down. Looks awful. The last trap in the last death scene relies on CGI. And it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Because at the end... By the way, this is like... Like, hey, you know, um, getting overly complicated, like, in, like, the Saw, you know, like, four and five, because at the end, 
when they reveal like Logan's the killer, he was in the trap with uh, Detective Halloran. That it's these because they both get captured, and they have these neck collars on that have laser surgical, yeah, n- like knives on, them. yeah, and they're told by Jigsaw they have to confess their sins, and Halloran makes uh, Logan go first. He's you know he's selfish because you, know, you have sixty seconds to decide who's going to go first. And if they don't, then it'll automatically get chosen. Hallerhands, he's like, I'll go first. And then he hits the button that, you know, sets uh, Logan's trap off because he's a selfish bastard. So, after, you know, uh, we see uh, Logan confess and it doesn't work, the laser's cut into his skull. And we just see some blood shoot up and he falls down. Mm-hmm. Then you see the same thing happen to Halloran, and he confesses that, you know, he's a terrible cop, he's a dirty cop, he's let people get away, you know, with murder and rape, you know, to save his ass, and he's ruined cases because of his temper, that, you know, he confesses his sins, and then the laser stop, and you can, and then you see him look up, and he sees the burns on the, above him, and then he looks towards Logan, and he notices there's not burns above his. Yeah. And we find out it was all just a ruse. You know, he put himself in the trap to then, you know, get the whole exposition dump that he's jigsaw. Kind of like how in, at the end of Saw 4 we find out that Costas Mandalore's Detective Hoffman, you know. He he's been in a trap the whole time. But, it's, it, but it wasn't ever going to, you know. Yeah. Which is is, is a staple thing. Because from Saw 1, Jigsaw right. was the entire time was in the, you put you yourself know. in as a reveal. Um, Although I would say in this film, the lasers did not... Um, it didn't surprise me at all because I expected when the lasers cut into his head that his head would fall apart because that's it. Like there was like six lasers like slicing through his skull. So there's no way that you just have like some, some neck blood. blood shoot out and that's it. Um, so I wasn't convinced at that point anyway. Um, like if you hadn't caught on to the, by, you know, that point, like he's jigsaw, you know, right. You know, that's, you know, Ta-da. That's your cue, yeah. But anywho, so after he does that, and you get Lo- uh, Logan's big exposition dump on why he's Jigsaw, everything that's fucking happened in this film, he then, you know, restarts the collar on Halloran, you know, to tell him that he's getting punished. Even though, like, he confessed his sins, you know, he played the game, he was selfish, he lost, and so now he's going to pay. Right. And so you see, you see the lasers then cut through his head. And they CGI his head getting cut open. And it looks so fucking bad. It looks like a Mortal Kombat 10 fatality. The one with Kung Lao called the potted plant where he cuts your head up in the body and the head falls down onto the body. It looks like a Venus fly trap, you know, in a potted plant. That's why it's called potted plant. So what it looks like, his head splits open and it looks like a flower blooming. Like, hey! You know, know, like falls apart and... Yeah, I don't... don't, It looks just absolutely terrible. I mean, I think it would have been a difficult thing to do practically, but, yeah, it... it, I would have done it. Right, I wouldn't have done it, I mean, the whole reason why they got, you know, the lasers is because he's a doctor and, like, you know, like... Right. What a priest. Yeah, I I wouldn't have done it. It it looks... Oh, it looks so fucking bad. Yeah, I agree. It's it's really laughable. I, I wouldn't have... I can't imagine anyone cringing at that. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Just... Yeah, it, it doesn't look very good. I agree with that. I think that was a poor choice to to do that trap altogether. Especially because, like we said, like the, the when they do use practical effects in this, it's really good. 
when they go to the CGI well, it does not look good at all. Right. Yeah, they they struggle with that. All right. Now I think we're good to do a rating. So out of ten, let's do ten ten um poison filled needles because that needles for whatever reason comes up quite a bit in this film. From the needles in the the second game to the needle that they insert under the fingernail of a dead body comes up quite a bit. Well, it's just, again, that's another saw staple. Someone's yeah. always some, some yeah. stabbing needles in. So ten poison filled needles. What and six in saw two. You also had the needle trap. Yep. But uh, give it a six. It wasn't that big? It wasn't a slog to watch. It's only an hour and a half. It didn't really feel long. Like whereas a lot, most of the saw films come around the ninety minute mark. Some of them do feel like a slog to get through. I didn't think this one was boring. Um, I like the fact that they updated how the film was shot to make it. You know, the, so the production on this film is is good. Um, I don't think any of the actors really in this were great outside of Tobin Bell. I will say I did I did I did like you know Clay Bennett as Detective Keith Hunt just because he was kind of like the way he kind of portrayed himself you know he was enjoyable and um I thought I thought you know it's I think it's a good sequel I can you know compare you know compared to the well, most of the sequels in the Saw franchise I yeah I thought it was pretty good um. Give it a six. All right. I, yeah, I would agree with you, actually. I would say I would probably give it a six as well. I think that I liked it better than Saw 7, you know, the final chapter when that came out. Um, I thought it had some good callbacks, um, captured the feeling of a Saw film while also updating it for the new, you know, 10 years later. Obviously, you want to update it a little bit. Um, get, it gave it a little bit more of an action feel uh, in a cop procedural, which, you know, some people will take or leave, but I think that it at least adds a nuance to the film that sometimes like saw other films in the franchise were just kind of like really just copycat. Like let's do the same thing as a but formula, the, but at the same time, like I said, like I said before, the rest of the films are really cop heavy. Like again, like, so, like saw four, you have the whole like interrogation of Jill talk and yeah, you, you, know, do, you so, do get some of that, but, but I, it, it, you're right. It does come off more as like, instead of just like, there's cops involved in the story. Like it's like, you know, that's a big part yeah. of like this film. Yeah. Like, um, I like most of the traps, especially because I think that they do have, besides the technology that's used with them, they do have a simplicity to them that makes sense within the, the time frame. Um, some of the things I, I just did, I didn't like was, uh, as we mentioned, the CGI that, that does occur occasionally. Um, I, I did not like that. They needed such a, like complicated exposition dump at the end of the film, even though that is a saw staple. It's, I think here it's very egregious. They, they, they go too far with it. Uh, I don't know that any of the red herring scenes, like during the actual, uh, detective moments are very, um, I don't know if they're like, they work that well because I know that I wasn't very surprised by most of them. So, it, it it did feel like they were going for a huge twist, but it didn't really pay off. Um, but other than that, it was it, it's pretty enjoyable, um, especially if you're fans of the Saw series. And I do think that it did go by pretty quickly, so it wasn't like a huge slog to watch. It was a 
it was enjoyable. It was, it was, I guess I would say it was fun. You know, it was, it was fun time to watch for Halloween. Um, almost wish that they would have released it like a couple weeks earlier than they did though, because it's so close to Halloween that some people are not going to be able to get out to see it before Halloween is over. You don't care enough. Yeah, I guess. But so I, I, you know what? After today, it should be pulled from theaters. Yeah. I think that it was, I think that was enjoyable. And I would recommend that if you've seen the other Saw films, you, you go see it. It's not like something horrible where, you know, you're going to be very let down. So I think that's a success in itself. And, and somewhat better than like the later films in the Saw franchise. So also surprising because, uh, sequels don't generally get better over time. They just keep getting degrade. (laughs) So. Um, so that's it. I hope you enjoyed our Halloween episode. Uh, we will not be back for our usual Thursday episode. Um, well, it's, this is our, this is our new episode for the week, but we'll be back next week, I think with a new episode. And I don't know what it is. What are we doing next week? I haven't decided. We had so much to do with Halloween that the, after it in November, uh, we haven't really planned out. So I guess we will, uh, we'll let you know what we're going to be doing. Because when does Ragnarok come out? I'm not sure. I think like second week in November, maybe or something like that. So it's going to be soon, but I don't think it's going to be next week. That's coming up. Justice League's coming up. Yep. We got a lot on our plate, but I don't know exactly what's going to be next week. So uh, it'll be a surprise for both you and us. Oh, Uh, to finish up the episode, we got to talk about our movie experience. Yeah, that's right. We um we did ha- we we ventured out. Normally, we go to a local theater in our area, which is uh like privately owned and very small, and um doesn't get a lot of you know business around here. Normally, we're like the only ones that are in the theater. Uh, we did go out to uh, unless you go to like a really like you know like a opening day kind of yeah like, like, yeah. like a, you know a Star Wars movie big or, movie you know. yeah. We went out to uh, a bow tie cinema in the mall. And we got treated to the um, fancy experience. The, the experience most people get, not us. <laughs> yeah, of, of sitting in comfy chairs that rock, like that a lot, uh, stadium seating, and um, 15 minutes of previews. <laughs> uh, not only previews for films, but just like commercials for the theater itself, like come check out our concession stand. We've got Coke! We've got popcorn! We've got candies for $7. We've, you know... <laughs> The, the deluxe package, folks. It no, it it was ridiculous because they um they don't they didn't have the ticket uh stand open. You had to like print them out from a fucking ATM machine, which I don't like that at all to begin with. Just have somebody run a fucking you know re- register and be like, I want that ticket, because <laughs> you were confused by it because you're like. You kept hitting the BTX one. Yeah, the Bowtie Experience and uh, version kept, of the And film. you're like, what the hell? It says 9 o'clock. It said 8 o'clock on, you know, mm-hmm. on Yahoo. What the hell's going on, you know? And I had to be like, you know, it's right here. It's separate. You know, yeah, separate. it was weird. It was separated from the other showings. But it was thirteen fifty a ticket. Yeah. Which to most people are probably like, yeah, so. Right. It's eight bucks where we go. Yeah, we, we go... <laughs> For the cheap one, so it was interesting to say the least. Um, I, I, it was just funny because that's where the whole Chef Goldblum thing comes in from earlier. Because you know the seats were you know updated, nice, comfy, they rock. When we went to see the it, no, not it. What would you, what would we see before that? 
where you like we you sat down and you like ripped the cup holder off the thing. Yeah, I don't know if it was Atomic Blonde, maybe. I can't. Um, I can't remember what it was. Dunkirk, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the whole cup holder uh, it just ripped arm right. Yeah, fell off. Um. So yeah, it was a fancy experience for sure. And I and like not only that the. Yeah, like the I I thought the fifteen minutes of previous was overkill. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Absolutely overkill. It was fifteen minutes of like of a shit ton of di- like even movies aren't like due to come out for like another year. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, we got trailers, you know. For yeah, it was a we never get that. Like we get like at most like three movie trailers. That's all you need, though. You don't like, if you really want to see a movie trailer, you can go to YouTube. Yeah, you know you don't have to see it in the big. On the big screen. I will say though, because this one nice thing about this place, because it had a better, much better sound, surround sound. Than, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, that definitely lends itself to a movie like Jigsaw. Yeah, you can um, hear the screams on both sides of you. Well, I I just think I can see how like if you saw the original Saw films in like a you know a nice theater, like yeah, like that, Bowtie like, or Regal or whatever you AMC. Know, you know, it, you would get you know a much better enjoyment out of it then yeah it was it was cool like in some way it definitely some ways it was worth the 1350 like because you get a lot from it you know better seating stuff like that so i i like doing it once in a while you know not for everything because certain things like are movies that i don't really care that much about but i'm you know i'm going to see so it makes me think like man man dunkirk would look fucking awesome it would have been fun in that yeah in a big theater like that for sure all right so uh Hopefully we uh we will see you next week and I hope you have a happy Halloween if you're listening on October 31st. And uh go out and see Jigsaw. And let us know what you think. Um on Facebook, on uh Twitter at Blood and Black Rum, um at our email address, blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com, um on our website or at coltsploitation.com. And let us know and let us know what you want to see for our next episodes um, and any movies that you want covered because we are open to suggestions. So let us know and we will see you back next week for a new episode. Have a good one.